Well, good morning, good afternoon, or good evening. Whatever time is most appropriate for you while you're tuning in. Welcome to a brand new day with Stephanie J. This is the day that the Lord hath made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. What does it mean to rejoice? To experience joy and gladness in a high degree. To be exhilarated with lively and pleasurable sensations and to exalt. My acronym for rejoice is reach every day for the joy offered in Christ to everyone. I hope and pray that this podcast finds you well on this day. I do not know what is going on in your world. I know I'm showing up just to kind of help you through just a little something. Just just want to use the resources that I have available and the best one that I could possibly use is the Holy Bible, the word of God to offer encouragement and hope even in the midst of dark circumstances. And I've shared on previous podcasts that I've been through quite a bit of darkness myself, and yet I'm still here. I'm still standing today. So as one of the songs that I really enjoy says, I'm so glad trouble don't last always. It does not. I'm a living witness that it does not. And sometimes when things come your way, it can just come out the blue and you get in that thing and it just seems like it's never going to end. And then how about this? I've experienced this too many times. You're already dealing with something and then out of the blue, something else pops up and something else pops up. And you're like, what is going on here? But even in those circumstances, I am happy to let you know that it has worked out for my good. As Romans 8 and 28 says, all things work together for good to those that love God and are the called according to his purpose. So that's good news today. And the last episode, I was talking more on worship, worship and praise. And I finished, I was reading um, about our King David and I was reading in first Chronicles, the 16th chapter, and I ended off at the 36th verse and uh, verse seven told us this was after Uh, David and all of Israel brought the Ark of the Covenant of God back home from Obed-Edom's house after he found out that the Lord was blessing Obed-Edom because the Ark was there. He went and got it and brought it home. And then verse seven says that he delivered this psalm to Asaph, who we see throughout the Psalms, it says to the chief musician Asaph. And so I read through and expounded just a little bit on verses 8 through 36. So I ran out of time on the last episode. So I wanted to start um, and pick up again and finish out, hopefully, this chapter on worship because 
I'm trying to let people know that worship is extremely important and worship definitely has a very high priority with God. That is not something that he takes lightly. And there are various aspects of worship and there are many stories and many scriptures about worship. As I mentioned on a previous podcast, worship is not just slow songs or praise, fast, upbeat, uplifting songs. That is only scratching the surface of, and it's basically what we do in praise and worship. And I've been involved in many churches, many ministries coming up in the church as a child singing on every choir. I have worked with pastors putting together worship services. And I've been over worship ministry with the choir and the praise team, not a huge one, but it was huge enough to have the the load and the responsibility of bringing it all together. And if I didn't have the Holy Spirit, first of all, and if I didn't have uh, the mind of Christ and know how to go before him. And, and the interesting thing about this, this particular ministry, at the time I was under two ministries. I was licensed under one. Uh, this was like my second licensing into the ministry as a licensed evangelist in 2006. And at that time we were doing uh, evening, afternoon and evening services because they were using another facility. And then during the mornings and during the week, I was working at a ministry called Rising Hope United Methodist. And this ministry reaches out to homeless and hurting and people who were in shelters and people who were living on the streets and, and things of this nature. And so it was a bit more challenging to put together worship music and services for people who, you know, had so many problems. And and to be honest, I found myself enjoying this worship and enjoying what I did with this ministry than I did with the other ministry because everyone there was pretty much perfectly well. And some people took offense when I made reference to, you know, we show up to these services sometimes And we act like we're doing God a favor. We drive up in our nice cars and our nice clothes and our hair is tossed up and, you know, the men with the alligator shoes and the nice suits. And, you know, God has prospered his people. It's a blessing. I'm not saying anything against that. Who doesn't want to have nice things? But a lot of times I have witnessed in my experiences that takes people away from the kind of worship that the Bible is talking about. And when I went to the other services and when I was in my office preparing for, I was over the children's ministry and I worked in the office for a while and, um, I'd be sitting there thinking about the service and certain people would be coming in. People would come in to get, you know, lunch and people would come in and they weren't dressed well and, 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 you know, their hair would be all over the place. And honest to goodness, I saw one, one time during a service, a lady was sitting there and I, I could only see her from the back. I actually showed up on a Sunday that wasn't my worship Sunday. And I was just sitting there and I saw the lady talking like she was chastising someone. And I saw her hitting, like she was spanking a and I didn't hear a child crying or anything. So when I got up to go around the communion or the offering table, 
I looked and next to her, she had a teddy bear. And so, you know, the lady definitely was not in her right mind. We had some some serious issues to deal with in that ministry. And so I felt, and even as I shared with the pastor and the other teams, you know, it's very important to make sure that our worship is first and foremost to the Lord and that we're not worried about pleasing man with how we set these services up because these people need deliverance and God is the only one that can do it. So I took and I take worship very very seriously. The Bible says it is the anointing that destroys the yokes and people need yokes destroyed off of their lives all over this world. And sometimes it is those of us who have been called and placed into these ministries as a worshiper. You know, I don't just listen to music. I spend time in the word. I spend time on my face before the Lord. Funny thing I meant to say, um, on the last podcast, because the previous podcast on worship, I mentioned an incident that happened with my little Ethiopian neighbor. And um, I said, when I listened back to it, I said, and I just went in my closet and sang. And I thought, well, people probably think she's just going in a closet to sing. But actually, years ago, my husband and I turned one of the closets in our room into a studio closet. And so the closet is the place where we'd go record our music and I recorded sermons and um, music that I exhorted over and stuff like that. So I don't just go in the closet and sing, you know, years ago in my apartment, I turned my walk-in closet and then another closet into a prayer closet. And this was way before War Room came out. I'm saying this is close to 15 years ago, um, I would just go in my closet before the Lord and sing songs and read my Bible and sometimes play worship music. But now I'm talking about an actual closet that we use for recording. So just wanted to clear that up. (laughs) And um, before my time goes down again today, I want to look back at 1 Chronicles 16. I finished reading the entire Psalm that King David delivered to Asaph. And I was making a reference to where the verse says, and they continually did this before the Lord. This wasn't haphazardly. This wasn't when they felt like it. This wasn't people showing up at any given time. This wasn't, you know, waiting. I I grew up in Kojic, Pentecostal, my goodness. Church of God in Christ. This is not waiting for the celebrity organist and not saying all of them, but some of them do get a little big head. Sorry, it's true. I sang on the choirs. Uh, we have to sit and wait for you to decide to get there. We're sitting there supposed to be rehearsing at seven o'clock. We have things to do. I had to go to school. People had to go to work and you decide to show up at 7.30, almost eight o'clock dragging in and then get there with an attitude like you better be glad I showed up. No, we didn't have that in the Bible. King David led this thing. He set this thing up. And the Levites and all of these musicians, they came before the Lord in a spirit of excellence and they did this 
continually. And this Psalm was read before the people. How many times would a lot of people have gotten up to go to the bathroom or been on today, been on their phones and, and their tablets and things distracted while the word is being read. That used to really annoy me when I went to services. And I never, and I'm not saying this to say that I am perfect. I just happen to be a person who loves the Bible, loves the word of God. I always have at least five or six Bibles in my home. A lot of times I give them away. I've been ordering Bibles for people, for my children, for my husband, for years. I give Bibles away. And yes, I do use them on my phone or my tablet when my tablet was still working. Um, I use it for reference, but not in the church. Church, I take my Bible and I open up and I follow along. I saw people chewing gum. They were, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm going to tell you this story, but I don't want to say the name of the entertainer. You know, I like the brother. He's okay. But I'm going to tell you what grieved me one day at a worship service. I was at a church over in Maryland. That's all I'm going to say. And at this church, um, I visited with a woman who worked with me at Rising Hope. She took some of the ladies and myself on a conference in D.C. I think it was like three nights many years ago. And I got to see uh, Byron Cage up close and personal. Awesome guy. Very friendly. In fact, what was so cool about Byron at that time, this was an opportunity where he could have been selling his music and stuff. Byron was sitting on a wall with his shoes off. Yes, he was. We were coming through the halls and going up the escalator. His mother had a table set up with her books and Byron got up and said, I told my mom that I would not sell anything this weekend and I let her have the floor. I thought that was so beautiful. But anyway, Byron Cage, Ernest Pugh, who we got to take a picture with and we got his DVD. Jennifer gave it to me. Jennifer was so wonderful. Um, she knew them all well because it was her church. So she said, Ernest, take a picture with me and my girlfriends and I will buy your CDs and DVDs. And so she did. And it was just awesome. Uh, Brent Jones was there and uh, another awesome guy that was with Ernest. I can't think of his name. So, you know, they had some celebrities up in there. And after I left the conference, I started hearing Ernest Pugh's name all over the place. Anyway, um... That was many years ago. And so then <laughs> I just looked out the window at a bird flying by and I just lost my train of thought. Like, why was I going into this? But now I remember. So I, I attended the church a few times after that, you know, just a Sunday service. And then I also went with Jennifer to a concert for uh, Richard Smallwood and several artists were there, including Kim Burrell. So I had visited the church maybe about five or six times. Well, this particular Sunday, they had a very high profile young artist, male, very well known. And so they were, he was with the choir and, you know, the worship team up front and you could see them in the center of the church and so it was great when it was time for them to minister, they did. But after that, and I'm telling you, they're in the middle of the church where everybody can see them. They're sitting behind the 
long row of pastors and leaders. The rest of the service, they were on their phones, talking, chewing, having a good old time like they're in a social event on a Sunday morning. I was so distracted because I couldn't, you couldn't help but look where we were sitting up in the balcony. It was like all eyes on them. And I was waiting for one of the the pastor of the church was there. His wife was there. She's a pastor. All of these men, I'm waiting for someone to turn around and tell them, you know, hey, this is worship. Quiet down throughout the entire service. They continue to laugh and joke. And I was like, wow, wow, really? But anyway, that's just, you know, a little tidbit right there. So let me get back into Chapter 16, verse 37 of First Chronicles. It says, so he left there, King David, before the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord, Asaph and his brethren, to minister before the Ark continually as every day's work required. Did y'all hear that? Every day's work. You're like, what? Shoot, Lord, I give you Sunday maybe a Friday <laughs> every day. Come on, Lord. I got things to do. See, I'm, I'm, I came up under coaching y'all. I went to church all week long and I enjoyed it. Friday night service. We didn't get out sometimes until after 11 o'clock Sunday morning, Sunday school. My father was the superintendent of Sunday school. So we had to be there early. Even if nobody else came, even if the tire blew or the battery was dead. Yes. I talk about that a little bit, my husband and I wrote a song years ago called My Daddy's Song. It's posted on our SoundCloud pages. Um, a song we wrote about our fathers and some things that they would say and whatnot. Glad we had an opportunity to do that because my father-in-law just passed away. Um, this is going on two years in this year, but he passed away and he got a chance to hear that song and he just loved it. But I'm telling the story of my father and his tenacity um, for the for the things of God. He was a deacon at that time and a superintendent of Sunday school. So we were there. We were there for morning service. We went to afternoon services. I went with the choir to sing, even when we had to go to New Jersey and other places. I mean, church was, we went to church for meetings. I had to leave school sometimes and go home only to go to church for a meeting for the Sunday school or for the choir or for the usher board. We had things on Saturdays with the youth. I was appointed over the youth ministry at the age of 12, 13 years old. So my presence was required and I was there and I enjoyed it. And it became a habit throughout the years. Now, as I got older in my late twenties, the Lord started taking me on a different path. When he started opening my eyes to some things, that'll be some other podcasts and probably another book or two. When I started to question some things that were going on and I, I pulled back a lot from church as usual, but I never lost my faith, never walked away from God. I just walked away from religion. Another story. <laughs> So it says, as every day's work required, verse 38, and Obed-Edom with their brethren, three score and eight, that's 68, Obed-Edom also the son of Jethudan and Hosah to be porters. Verse 39, 
39, and Zadok the priest and his brethren, the priests, before the tabernacle of the Lord in the high place that was at Gibeon. First Kings 3 and 4 is referenced, and I'm just going to say a little note here. If you read through the Old Testament about the kings, you'll see a lot of references made to high places. And a lot of times these places were places of worship for other gods and idols and false gods. And you'll see certain references to certain kings. We had some good kings and we had some bad kings. And that's like our leadership today. We had some good presidents and some not so good presidents, some good governors and not so good, some good mayors and not so good, some good senators and not so good. But guess what? We're also good and, and not always so good. So nobody's perfect. That's why the Bible tells us to pray for our leaders. And I definitely do. And I hope you do too. In fact, I have a, a book posted on Amazon on prayer and, um, yeah, I can't remember now. I'm, I'm moving with these things so frequently. Did I do a podcast on prayer yet? I don't have my log in front of me, but if I didn't, you can rest assured it will be coming soon. I think I did though, but, um, you know, some reference will be made to a king and it'll say, and he did not take down the high places of his father, Jeroboam or Ahab or whatever, or he walked in wickedness as his father Ahab, which was a wicked king. The Bible says more wicked than all of them or, or to say, uh, and this king removed the high places and caused the people to worship the Lord. So that's the high place. And verse 40, it says to offer burnt offerings unto the Lord upon the altar of the burnt offering continually morning and evening and to do according to all, all, not some of the things, not what you feel like, according to all that is written in the law of the Lord, which he commanded Israel and with them, he man and Jethuthun and the rest that were chosen. Chosen. Did you hear that? They were chosen. They didn't just show up. They didn't just sign up. They didn't just put a list up and say, anybody interested in serving here, serve, you know, no, they were chosen who were expressed by name to give thanks to the Lord. This, this was their position because his mercy endure forever. Verse 42 says, and with them, he men and Jethuthun with trumpets and cymbals for those that should make a sound and with musical instruments of God. And the sons of Jethuthun were porters and all the people, verse 43 says, departed every man to his house. And David returned to bless his house. That's a good picture of worship. And that's pretty much the beginning and so we know all throughout the Bible, worship goes all the way up through the New Testament. Some of the things that's done in the church, well, we know churches are kind of closed right now, but things that I've witnessed coming up from a little girl up until my adult years. And yes, I don't mind telling you, I am almost a half a century and proud of it. I am blessed to be alive, healthy and doing well. My children are alive. My grandchildren are alive. I am cool with that. But I've seen so much, especially in the church, in the body. And I was like, hmm, God, you know, what's up with that? I don't see this in scripture. Why is this being done? And then when I would question some of my 
leaders or pastors. I said, can I just ask a question? Like, why are we doing this? And I get all sorts of responses and answers and, and a couple of them told me, well, you know what? You supposedly joking. You're just rebellious. Just get with the program. And I'm like, I, I'm not going to do something that doesn't make sense to me if it's not written in the word. This wasn't done in the Old Testament. It wasn't done in the early church. What is the purpose? What is the relevance of this? I need to know. I am not wasting my time showing up for this when I could be doing so much other stuff. But anyway, so I'm grateful for my walk with the Lord. I have good times of worship and I'm not talking about, I've been privileged to stand in front of audiences, not huge audiences like a lot of the celebrity celebrity worship leaders and things, but I've stood in front of crowds and I've ministered in different venues, even out in the park and family reunions. And I've sang, I said, I would never sing at a funeral. That's why they said, never say never. I said, I'm not singing at nobody's funeral. A couple of people kept asking me. And when they said, well, you know, it's more of a memorial service. The body is not going to be there. I said, cool. I can do that for you. I can't, I can't do that. And so, you know, I read a poem that I wrote for my mother at her service. Uh, Sleeping beauty was what I entitled it. And, and I was so weak and knees shaking. I thought I would pass out up there, you know, but that is not an easy thing to do. And recently I joined my husband because he insisted on singing at his father's funeral, a song that he wrote and we dedicated to his father at his um, birthday celebration the previous uh, year. So we had an opportunity to sing that. And then he wanted to sing it again at the service. And I didn't really want to do it. It was tough, but the Lord gave me strength and I made it through. But my worship is not about being out front and people seeing and, you know, people just hearing me sing to say, oh, wow, you know, that's really great. Great job. Thank you. No, I want my reward in heaven. <laughs> I, I, I want him to be pleased. And so my, my worship, it starts in my closet. My worship, I was up early this morning in prayer. A lot of times I'm up, I sleep really no later than three, four o'clock. It's a habit. I wake up all throughout the night. And when I get up, the first thing that's on my mind is thank you, Lord, that I opened up my eyes. Thank you, Lord, that my family is alive and well. I go, I look out my window and I look around at my neighbor's house and I say, thank you, God, that there's peace all around us. I don't know what's going on inside of every house, but there's peace. Sometimes it's so quiet. Can't even hear a pin drop. And then I walk past my son's room and he likes to sleep with his door open or half, you know, halfway closed. And he likes to put his blinds up halfway so he could see the light coming in the window. And I just see his outline sometimes because it's dark in the hallway. And I'll look in on him and I'll watch him for a few. And I say, thank you, Lord, for my son. Thank you for waking him up and for keeping him. And thank you that he can go to sleep in peace and safety and and um, 
Sometimes I go in a bathroom and a window is open and the blinds are lifted and I see a plane going by in that midnight light. And I say, Lord, I don't know who's on that plane, but I bless you for them. And I pray right now that they would make their destination. God, that you would keep them in the air, keep them in the airways. I pray about everything. I walk past a person on the street. I'm driving past people. Lord, I don't know that man, but bless him. Bless his family. I'm a worshiper and I'm an intercessor. I pray and I intercede for people. So guess what? I don't know who you are. I don't know who's listening to my voice. I've been praying about these podcasts for a long time now. I have a globe sitting on top of my speaker. I pray over that globe. I actually bought it for the purpose of praying over it. And sometimes we do use it from my son's lessons. But the purpose of that globe was a prayer globe. And I, we put our hands on it and, and, and we pray over certain areas and atmospheres. And when I hear something's going on, you know, that is, that's the spirit that God has put in me. And I thank God that no matter what has happened in my life, the enemy has not been able to fizzle that fire. Sometimes it may go down low, like it's about to die and it comes right back up because like the song I was singing on a previous podcast, All of my good days have outweighed the bad days. God has been so good to me, more than the entire world, my family, my friends, so-called friends, so-called family. I don't care who it is. I don't care what has happened, what is going on. God has been good to me and he is deserving of the praise. He is worthy to be worshiped. The songs are littered with Psalms about worship. And David said, The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want Psalm 23 and one. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. What David and I have in common is that we knew the Lord as, and I know him as my shepherd. I don't have to worry about what's going on around me. And I'm hoping through these podcasts that if you're not at that place, that you will grow to that place and you will know that no matter what, even if you walk through the valley of the shadow of death, you won't have to fear it because you will know that the Lord God is with you. Be richly and abundantly blessed until I have an opportunity to speak with you again.